Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I'm with Big Nick here in, we're in um, Fort Lauderdale, right? We are in Fort Lauderdale. So we're in Fort Lauderdale, and the reason why I'm doing this is be to, to educate people on the power of video. So you don't necessarily have to hire a production company to have an effect on your audience. And so Nick certainly has an effect on his audience. And so um, I pursued Nick. I subscribed to his YouTube channel. And whether you think he's doing the right thing or the wrong thing, he's doing a thing that's absolutely having an effect, uh, and I think in a positive way, to change uh, people's uh, perception and change the way uh, things used to be. So without letting any secrets out, Big Nick, introduce yourself and tell me how you tell me your journey okay well before I go there I want to um, you, you touched on something that's very important whether you agree or disagree with what I do people are talking that's the most important part people are talking um, my name is Big Nick I'm with South Florida accountability I can be found on YouTube at Big Nick South Florida accountability I'm a 49 year old Navy veteran um, a native Flor Floridian, born and raised in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I'm just a typical guy that got fed up with government telling me which fluoride to use, you know? So I wanted to assert my authority over government, which we do have, because we the people are the government. They're just representatives of ours. And I got tired of the only employer-employee relationship on the planet where the employee dominates the employer. So I wanted to stand up for what I took an oath to, to uphold and protect the Constitution, regardless of affiliation or who it is, but I'm America, and you guys are America, so we have to always remember that. America isn't a set of buildings, or America is the people. So the sounds that you're hearing in the background, we're near a major roadway here, and we're sitting outside basically at a cafe, and um, enjoying this beautiful weather here in Florida. And the main reason why I thought what Nick was doing uh, was interesting is he's using video in a way that's putting, in a sense, people in check. So as you well know, when the internet came around, people were like, that's not gonna last. And of course, uh, it's here to stay. And it's affected how we do everything moving forward. And it's sort of like David and Goliath, meaning that here's these big corporations or big government, and you could be a small guy with a device called a smartphone that you can change the world with. And so that, I think that's what Nick is doing, and that's what impressed me, and that's why I drove all the way here to Fort Lauderdale. He did. Uh, <laughs> true story. To come and interview Nick and get his story and the reason why he does what he does. Well... A lot of a lot of my questions or my my expected responses are based on um, ethnicity. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. In America, to me, the only color that is important is green. So I, I want to give you the shocking truth here. Needless to say, I'm white, and and Nick is. I'm, I'm of a darker hue. <laughs> I'm of a darker he, hue. You, you must have been here a longer time than me, because you got the greatest tan going on, Nick. Hey man. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I worked I'm hard on it. Forty-nine years, man. Look at you go. It took me forty-nine years. So to as get Nick this. said, it doesn't matter that, and it doesn't matter to me. What I think does matter is 
how he's using a simple tool, a device, a smartphone, to change, I'd say change society, to change the world, to change the town. So, Nick, take me on your journey. Take me okay. to the very beginning day of like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. So how did you How did you even think about doing this? What led up to this point? Well, um, I know we talked briefly about you're not really political. Um, me, I'm a bleeding heart. I am. I, I, I can't I can't help myself. You are I, what you are. I, I'm a right. bleeding heart and um, um, I started to get caught up into the these unjustified, in my opinion, these unjustified police shootings of unarmed people, whether they were black, white, Hispanic. You know, I, and I always thought that it has to be other ways to subdue criminals unless there is no other option. So I remember being a young guy and the turning point, the turning point in society was who? Rodney King. Yes. Okay? Yes. When you saw that, how did that make you feel? How did you, what were you like, were you just like, this is just, it's, it, this is insanity? Well, you know what, you have to... That, that's a good question, and I'm going to give it to you honestly uh, from my perspective. You have to first realize the root of the problem um, in order for you to appreciate what happened during that time. Being an inner city black kid where, let's face it, the educational system isn't where the rest of America's educational system is. So when I was seeing that, the only thing that was going through my mind, and I'm sure I can't be much different from most inner city blacks, was I'm glad it's not me. You know, we have been so victimized and programmed to this is the norm, this is what happened. I'm a black man in America, I can expect to get my butt kicked by the cops. So I was numb and neutral to that. It didn't affect me any type of way because this is something that I was programmed to believe happened. was the norm. Was the norm. Right. So that really didn't affect me. Um, I tell you when I started to be a little bit more socially aware um, with that divide was, believe it or not, and by the way, I believe he's as guilty as guilty can be, was the OJ case. Um, I believe OJ to be guilty, but there was a small satisfaction in me when he was found not guilty. I can't stand the guy. I don't like him. I wouldn't do anything. I don't want to be near him. I don't want to hear him. Right? But at the same time, um, I couldn't hope, help but feel a bit of vindication when he was acquitted. With that said, that's when I began to be more aware, consciously aware of the divide in our country about how my community is treated as opposed to other communities. Um, then slowly but surely start seeing statistics grow like the black community was the second largest minor was the largest minority community in America. Now we're no longer the largest minority community in America. And those things just resonate with me and make me want to learn more as to why and what happened. I'm more interested in the why as to the outcome. I want to know why we got to that point. Not even how, why. Then we can figure out the how, then we can see the results but I'm very interested in the why. So, like you, all of my education that I have is because I pursued it. Self-taught. I never had anyone to push me toward any direction, not even to graduate high school. It's because of my own desire to know, to learn. I can sit down in class and comprehend what's going on and that make me interested in doing it. Because I pick it up, I can do it. So that just followed me all throughout life, through my high school, uh, my, after my after school 
training, my military training, onto my adult life. You figured it out. I figured it out. Yep. Same thing with what I do now. But um, back to the original question, what got me really off the couch to doing this is um, the final straw was this kid in Seattle, I believe his name was Stefan Clark. He was running from the cops um, and he made his way to his grandmother's backyard and um, he put out his cell phone to call her. The cops came, he clearly showed me at a cell phone. They shot him 22 times. Enough was enough. Someone has to hold these people accountable. Someone has to let them know that even if it doesn't mean anything now, but we're watching you. And even there, even the reason I do the video is because somebody has to hold somebody accountable. Eventually a head is gonna fall. And that's exactly why you call yourself what you call you. Big Nick South Florida accountability. Hell yeah. South Florida accountability. You know, we have to be accountable. Um, enough complaints, enough um, lawsuits. You know what? The chief's job's gonna be in jeopardy. I come before you. So if it take for that chief to get rid of that bad cop to save his own neck, then I know there's gonna be change. So what led you to realize that this tool, which is a, a phone, a smartphone with that records video, was the answer or was the tool that you were gonna use? How did you decide to go, I'm gonna put these guys in check? How did you use the power of video to change things around here? Because the video doesn't lie. Um, when did you realize that? Oh my, not until I started doing it. You take everything for granted. You know, you take it all for granted. Um, even the edited videos, you know, you can still decipher. It doesn't go together, something happened. But if the video is unedited, it, there's no way it can lie. You can't present it in any other fashion than what it is. And whether, I can get officer-friendly fired or not, I can expose him to people who come in contact with him often. Okay. And any organization, whether it's high school or the police department, that inner, that inner sanctuary, that inner uh, circle, there's gonna be some type of rising, or rising or bullying or, hey, I saw you on video, you look stupid on that. And enough of that can change things. When did you start doing this? What, what? What year did this start, and what did that look like the very first time you were like, were you thinking to yourself, man, I'm gonna get in trouble doing this, but was, I'm gonna do it. It was, I believe it was April 19th, 2017. Okay. And I thought that was gonna be my last day on earth. Walk me through that, what happened? I was, oh my God, okay. Well, I had just, was watching YouTube videos, seeing other people going out doing things similar to what I was doing. None of it was in South Florida, you know. Um, there's two parts of Florida. Now, South Florida and the rest of Florida. We're so far away from the rest of the country that I felt like we were alone and it was, someone needed to do something. So I, I walked from my house, which was about five blocks away from the police department, going over in my mind over and over again, what I'm gonna say if I'm confronted, trying to memorize things that I've learned. I prepared mentally. Um, if you go back and watch my very first video, um, you can actually hear me on video rehearsing my lines. Um, the camera was shaky all over the place. But it was at a point that, let me take you here. All of my life, since I can remember, I felt a sense of purpose. 
all of my life. I felt like it was something I was meant to do. At first, I thought it was having a bunch of children, being, you know, raising my kids. Then I thought it was adopting kids. Then I thought it was becoming a foster parent. It was just always something in me to help people to reach out to have a sense of purpose. And this was an opportunity that I couldn't deny anymore. And I went to the Full Auto Police Department and you would think I had Parkinson's. <laughs> but I stood firm. I was willing to accept whatever was gonna come my way because I knew I was in the right. I knew I wasn't breaking the law. And I knew that they will expose themselves for being the tyrants that they were. So you have this cell phone in your hand, you hit the record button, you're, you're, you're basically recording yourself going, all right, here it goes, right? Yeah. Tell me what that felt like. Tell me what the first accountability session was. Um, you remember? Well, absolutely. Okay. Um, at first I was just recording the buildings, the cars, hoping that would be enough. Where at? At the full line of police department. Okay. I didn't want to go in. I knew I had to go in, but I was doing everything just avoiding going in. So you watch my first video, I'm all over the place recording the buildings, the gates, the cars. I get to the end um, of the of the property and I'm recording, I'm coming back. Now I've convinced myself to go inside. A worker, I don't know, he still hasn't identified himself, made contact with me. He broke the ice for me. When he broke the ice, the verbal judo just came out, just spewed out, spewed out. Once I seen now, I, I made a conscious decision not to use profanity. Yep. Right? Which to is you. smart. I think it's just one good idea. Absolutely. Because you're not there to offend them. You're there to educate I'm them. I'm there to educate them and to also and let them know that, hey, I'm the person that you're doing this job for. Everything that you guys do in that building is for me. Right? Everything you do in that building is for me, the public. So I wanted to the remind them of that. The whole time, you're recording video. I'm recording video. You are making a, a, a permanent record of their actions. Of this interaction with this government employee. Um, and what I do is, my strategy is to use what you're bringing to me back to you. Right? I go deeper past your uniform. That is just what you put on for eight hours a day. But what you're telling me actually applies to you do you understand that i heard at some point you call it a costume it is a costume it is a costume when you treat it as such when i was in the military that was a uniform i had no choice but to treat it as a uniform they respected you you respected them absolutely regardless and that and the thing obviously in the military for the most part they'll put you in check but they're not going to disrespect you they're not going to because disrespect everybody you. there has a job to do and that's defending America. And every person in the military literally have your life in their hand. Yep. But they don't abuse that power, right? Every cop in America literally has your life in their hand. But that doesn't register to them. So until we can get that to start registering to them, it's not gonna change because that is, there's few jobs in America that absolutely requires perfection. Unperfect, unperfect people do those jobs, but yet and still the job still requires perfection, right? Mm -hmm. Being a police officer, your job requires perfection. 
you're not perfect, but a job requires perfection. So the moment that you're not perfect and doing your job can literally cost me my life. So I need you to be consciously aware of that and try to hold back your own personal emotions. Because when you're in uniform, you're nothing but a piece of equipment. You have no opinion, you have no affiliation, you can't do any, you don't have the freedom that I have. You don't have the same freedom that I have. So you have to remember that you are no more than a stapler <laughs> when you're in uniform. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do this? I mean, I know why you do this, but let's... So, for the people who are listening, <clears throat> the whole message that I'm trying to put across here is video is a very powerful tool. However you want to use it, and you use it in a very unique and different way. So, wh why do you do what you do? I've evolved. At first, it was to inform my community to stop being slaves to the system. However, I evolved to... Say, for instance, um, you're a good guy, good American. You know you don't break the law. You know you, you pay your taxes. You don't cheat on your wife. You don't abuse your kid. You're riding in the car with your brother. He gets pulled over. Cop runs your name. Some dude you've never heard of in California used your name. You get arrested. You get arrested. You go to jail. You find out it's not you. Now it's a permanent record. Your mugshot, your fingerprints you may be up for this high security job. And you're not gonna get it. Because you didn't know your rights. Now you're not gonna get that high security clearance job. So it's very important for you to know your rights. Did you spend time at least studying basic law? Because what's interesting is when I watch your videos, you put them in check and you know the law. And it's interesting when I watch, again, when I watch your videos, the, the police who are there to uphold the law either are ignorant to the law or they don't know the law and you state you state right there um, here's it which is impressive to me it's like when you have the knowledge of law it it diminishes intimidation absolutely absolutely because now you know you're violating the law to do what you want to do to me yeah. so the law works both ways it does believe it or not any rational person knows the law. It's innate. It's just right or wrong. Things right or even if you never studied the law, even if you never picked up a penal code, never you read, you know the law, right? You can take anybody in America and know that they can't cross the road in the middle of traffic. Anybody knows that, you know? So it's not something that I've picked up a law book. Okay. I just use common sense and apply it. I know public law. I know if it's public property, my tax dollars go to it. I have the right to audit anything my tax dollars go to. I know that. And I know what, what pertains to me, which is basically identifying. I know that. Right? Anything else, if I'm on public property and I'm not breaking the law, that's all I need to know. You're not going to come to me with some other, because none of it applies to me. It doesn't apply. Now, what you said interesting about the cops being ignorant of the law or just don't know it at all, I don't believe that. I believe they're banking on you not knowing it, right? They bank on you not right. knowing it because there's nothing in the law that says the law enforcement has to tell you the law. So to sum up why you do what you do, how would you put that into one sentence? The, the reason why you do what you do is because... When, when people fear the government, 
we have tyranny. When the government fear the people, we have freedom. Benjamin Franklin. So basically, I do it just because I don't want to be killed doing a wellness check. <laughs> I don't want a wellness check to end up killing me. So when you come to me, you come to me with respect and honor and a sense of duty. That's why I do it. What are you allowed to record and not record in public? So that might be a trick question because in my opinion, public means public. I can record anything from a public space. You can't trespass my eyes. There's nothing off limit. I like that saying, you can't trespass your eyes. It has exonerated and it has convicted. So if it's in public view, fair game. Look, correct? they don't even care about the recording. They only want me to do what they tell me so, to do. Um, give me the outcome of that. They actually bring you to jail and fingerprint you and book you and all that stuff because you're using a video device. Yes, I've had equipment taken, held hostage, my equipment. Um, I've never received a, a NTA, which is a notice to appear. Each and every time I went to jail, I spent a night in jail. Each and every time. The first time I spent five days in jail for a recording, government officials which is a constitution, not, even, not only a constitutional right, but it's a civic duty. So how did that, so you go to jail, and how does that end up? What does that, what does the tail end look like? So, and you're sitting there going, one guy looks at you, he's like, what are you in here for? Like, oh, you know, I robbed the store, what are you in here? I, I, I recorded something. Badge of honor. It's a badge of honor to tell the people in jail why, why I'm in jail, because they ask me questions about it. Now I get to educate them. I get to ask them, how did the cop approach you? What happened? See, that's where you mess up. Guess what, when they get out, when I see them in the street, hey, Big Nick, man, thank you, man, you helped me out. The cop messed me and that's this up. It changed. So I didn't get, I was never, I've never been arrested where I got angry at the cop. Right, meaning, I'm in jail pissed off. No, now. It's an educational process. I get to have an audience now, not even with the inmates, but with the judge, with the DA, with the chief of police who I've met, who have emailed so me. So do you calls. feel that you're slowly changing their opinions? And do you think that the power of video is keeping them honest and keeping them in check? Tell me how this is affecting you, the community, the people you record? Absolutely. Um, I get phone calls all the time. Hey, Nick, where are you? Um, I'm here. Oh, man, I need you to come right now. The cops are here. No, don't call me. Record, right? Record. Now, I also get calls. Hey, well, uh, Nick, um, this cop came. I told him. Uh, I mentioned your name, and the cop attitude changed. Uh, I went to City Hall. First time I went to City Hall, I had the cops call up. That's the most public building in Fort Lauderdale. That is literally my building. I can literally go take a nap in City Hall, right? You can't have a sit-in at City Hall. So I had the cops call up. Now I walk in the non-restricted areas with impunity. All over that place. They recognize me, they know I educated these people. And it's not even a whipper, whip, uh, whimper, nothing. Just, how you doing, Big Nick? And before, what was it like before? 
Security guard in my face, telling me what I can't do, yelling, calling the cops, people with guns to come escort me. Now, when you say people with guns, are they actually physically removing the gun out of the holster? You know? No, okay. they're showing up with them. But basically, they have the power to eliminate people's lives by carrying a weapon. And obviously, you know, that's pretty yeah, serious. Right. Because I realize that you have to go, okay, I'm reaching in my pocket. I'm going to be getting my cell phone. I don't have any weapons on me. But the problem is they're all hyped up and they're all pumped up and, you know, they're somehow their training kicks in and you can get killed. Absolutely. You, you can get killed. Absolutely. Now, um, America has turned the cops into the feelings police. You hurt my feelings, so I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> Explain that. Is there any situations where that happened? I don't want to be recorded. Well, ma'am, I'm sorry, you're in public. I have an opportunity to record you. I can record anything I say in public. I'm calling the cops. Oh, yeah. The cops show up. And you will hear me on my videos asking them, why did you show up here? Why didn't your dispatcher tell the lady on the phone, ma'am? He's not breaking the law. We're not gonna waste resources, gas, time. Uh, we have to pay for it. insurance, medical. All of that cost on every call. And all the cops are gonna to come to do them. I don't have to say a word to them. Nothing. But yet still, that's a half an hour of taxpayers' money for no reason. What's the worst? So you get arrested and what's the end result if you get arrested? They like um this that they do they realize they make a mistake or do they really push it to the end and you're you now have to do community service and fines and all that nonsense? Do they realize that, hey, he's only making a video here? One trial, five acquittals, one trial, one plea. Um, uh, the cops wanted to arrest me for disorderly conduct because I used profanity. So you, you learn from that, right? Right. I mean, who doesn't really, use profanity? Right, I mean, because he really, he really took me there, right? The disrespect was so that the only way I felt like I can cut deep into him yep. was to disrespect. Um, however, the cops can't be a complainant because the cop can just come arrest you and say, hey, I heard you say curse words. He can do that to anybody right. that he's upset with. He can get them. So a cop can't be a complainant. that's freedom of speech. Absolutely. However, what this particular cop did was when they got the all-American, 11-year-old, whitest, blue-eyed, blonde-haired kid he could find. And this kid's parents and him signed an affidavit. And do you think this big black 6'2, 215 pound man is gonna go to court against Billy America? You're crazy. I took the plea, no jail time, just a court cost, and that was it. But five acquittals on the other one. Yeah, so. Cop actually went and solicited a kid, the whitest kid in America. <laughs> So there was no way I was going against that kid. So, um, what's what is your, I guess your tried and true um, message to shut them down? Like your favorite line? Just, just what is, what is you, what do you say to them when they start all that? You can't film here, and they start getting all worked up. My the number one go-to line is, "I don't work for you, you work for me," <laughs> and that ticks them off. The first thing, I don't work for you. Work for. I work for the sheriff's department. Oh yeah, you work for me. 
unless the chefs have a way of generating So that gets, profit, them, that gets them going. That gets them going. <laughs> and then I have to explain to them that they really do. Okay. Or public servants. That's now become a derogatory term. So why do you think the law enforcement says to you, you can't film here? Why do you think they're saying that when you know you can? Why, why are they lying, basically? Because America has taught our people in uniforms to obey policies. And that policy, the people in uniform believe, transcends to the civilians. The government has restricted freedom to the point where if you're not willing to give up a little bit of your liberty for freedom, then you must be doing something wrong. And it's the way they're training now. You're, you're, you're an authoritative figure. What they say, what you say must go. But then I will break them down and let them know that you are a law enforcer. If there's no law to enforce, you have no purpose. What police officer respects you and says to you, you know what? I'm a young cop. I've grown up with social media. What you're doing is completely younger cops going to realize yeah. that what you're doing, you're not breaking any laws. So have you gained any respect from, from police in general? Oh, absolutely. I won't name any names because yeah. it is a fraternity. So you don't want to, you know, get them. I understand. So I won't name a name, but I would say at first it was 98% hated me. Now I would say it's a 55, 45 that like me. Like all the time. Like the cops, if the city full out there come right now and see Big Nick, they're gonna stop, they're gonna wave, they're gonna talk. Hey man, what's your next video? I love Wow. You know, I got a video with a couple people that come down and work with me. Everywhere we go, each and every cop knows me. And they'll be like, wow. But that is the work I put in. Because I'm not out here to, to, I'm not out here to, to ridicule you. I'm not out here to make you look bad. I'm out here to help you do your job better. So you've affect major change in your community by the power of video. Yes, yes, absolutely. What would happen if, if this didn't exist, the video didn't exist? How would you think society would be? Better, worse? Oh no, absolutely worse. Absolutely worse. Would I you mean, say you'd be in jail by now permanently? Well, I wouldn't be doing it uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I know I'm gonna lose. See, I try to tell people all the time that without a camera, right? You're gonna lose. Yeah. You know that's that's something you don't want to go against. But if you have something on your side to help you, then the chances are you're gonna be exonerated. But it's hard to go against. You have a criminal record, even if it's a long time ago. Against this exemplary on paper, police officer. The judge. Who do you think the jury and the judge were? They're gonna take who's word. Understood. 90% of the, the justice system is poor people. We can't hire a Johnny Cochran or, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, why do you think the police say this? The, the first words out of the mouth, they see you, you can't film here. Why, why are they saying that? Well, the first thing out of the mouth is, can I help you? Okay. Which is just another way of saying, what are you doing? So once you get past that, then they tell me you can't do it. And the reason they do that because they're enforcing policy. They're enforcing policy. You gotta remember, cops don't know law. Cops know penal codes. Mm. Whenever a cop gets in his car and write up whatever he's arresting you for, he put in a brief description 
then the penal codes come up and they choose one. They don't know the law. They're not taught the law. They're only in, they're only in police academy six months. It takes two years to become a barber. It takes six months to hold someone's life in their hand. So there, there's no time for them to learn the law. They learn how to look up penal codes. Gotcha. So they enforce policy. And then when you don't know the law, you, you will accept policy as law. So you, you think when they say you can't film here, is, is it out of ignorance? Or they know damn well that you can film there? Ignorance. Okay, so you, I, you feel they absolutely don't, they just don't know? Absolutely. I put the, I put the onus on, not on the cops on that, I put the onus on the, the, uh, the higher up. What areas do you cover? What areas do you, should I use the word patrol? How do you, how do you end up finding out is it the right place at the right time or does somebody call you up and go hey look at I, I need you to come down here and start recording like how, how is it that that you're aware of these these um, well these situations well I um, my plan visits and it's a little combination of all of okay them. my plan visits and if are, it's a secret don't no, reveal, it's no secret you know my plan visits are Anywhere that your tax dollar contribute to is public property. I agree. You have the right to go audit your money. You have that right. I want to know what you're doing with my money. You're taking it from me. You didn't ask me. You're just taking it. And I, at least I get to see what you're doing with it. So that's the first thing. That's your and that's the accountability part that's of the accountability it. part. Okay. That's everything. That's your post office. That's your police department. Your FBI. That's anything your tax dollars pay for. We own it. The government doesn't make money, so there's no way for them to own anything. It's all our property. Um, the other way is, I live in the hood, so there's no shortage of police activity. Now, when you say you live in a like Mr. Rogers neighborhood? No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Johnson's neighborhood. All right. <laughs> Mr. Jones, Mr. Jackson's neighborhood. I don't get the funding in my schools to educate myself properly so I can compete with certain people of the sex of, of America. So what happens is I get low paying jobs and I need money because my, my, the ends don't meet from paycheck to paycheck. So uh, they build a Walmart in my community. They sell me a $200 television where I go buy the $200 television. And these corporations, Walmart's cousins know that I don't make a lot of money they're gonna put another revenue source in my community in order for me to take my television from Walmart out of my house, take to them to get some short-term money, and then they're gonna charge me higher interest to get my property back. And it's just a cycle, just preying on the poor. It's not even a black thing. It's not a, a Mexican thing. It's a poor thing. In America, in America, I have to emphasize this because people are pointing out the France thing, but in America, Oprah Winfrey doesn't experience racism. She's worth three billion dollars. Who's gonna be racist to Oprah? Michael Jordan is a billionaire. Who's gonna be racist to Michael Jordan? Money is the root of it. What ends racism, right? If it does, once you become a certain amount of money, you don't experience it anymore. No one's gonna call Michael Jordan the N-word. No one's gonna call Oprah the N-word, right? However, however,
However, yeah. people without money who can't afford lawyers or forensic scientists to help with their cases, we're gonna cop out because we wanna get it over with. Because, you know, there's no other avenue. We can't bond out of jail. Um, so we have to take a plea deal. And it, and it feeds the system. It keeps the prisons going. It keeps the jailhouses full, right? So they prey on the poor. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's a, it's a, it's a money thing, right? Racism is still a problem in our country. But classism is the bigger problem. Because, like I said, racism is a big problem, but if Oprah doesn't experience it, then it can't be the number one problem. It has to be class.